Welcome to the regional finals edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I am Joe Serrera, and I am joined this week not by J.P. Mundy, my usual podcast partner, who is uh, out today with a sinus infection, but uh, Spencer Turkin, the voice of ESPN Triad Radio and host of ESPN Triad Radio's high school huddle show every Saturday morning. Spencer, great to have you. Joe, thanks for uh, letting me fill in for JP. You know, it, it's pretty comical. I always seem to be there for JP to, to fill in for him or to cover for him. So nothing new here. And and is he ever there for you? That's the question. Um, that's something that we'll have to leave up to a Twitter battle. We'll have to see what happens. Fair enough. Fair enough. We've got we've got four games involving uh, triad teams that we're going to talk about this week on our podcast, and we are going to start out with the game that you will be doing, I guess, Spencer, on Friday night uh, in Class Four AA West, number six, Charlotte Mallard Creek, a national power in recent years, at number one, East Forsyth. Unbeaten Eagles taking on a Mallard Creek team that uh, certainly has some talent. Uh, they certainly do. Offers all over the place, Joe. Um, the big name that comes to mind when you say Mallard Creek is Thad Moss, the son of future Hall of Famer Randy Moss. Uh, he is a tight end and defensive end that is being coveted by every school in the country. He's a consensus four-star prospect. Uh, his, his arms are bigger than most people's heads. Um, he is a large human being. The offensive line across the front averages out at 284 pounds. Uh, this is a large team. But watch a lot of film on Mallard Creek, and I can tell you that there are some obvious deficiencies with this team. The secondary is suspect at best, and the offensive line, though large, tends to stand up straight when they block. And uh, there are some holes that I think that East Side can expose. This is probably... On paper, the game that will be the closest. Yeah, I mean, it, this Mallard Creek team, you know, went into the season ranked very high nationally, lost to Burns High School from South Carolina, lost an overtime game to Cornelius Huff. That are, those are the two losses. East, unbeaten. Uh, there's a lot to like about this East Forsyth team, offensively and defensively. Uh, a lot of weapons on offense when you've got Christian Beal, who's headed to uh, Wake Forest as of now, a junior running back, an athlete uh, who can hurt you on receptions on running the ball a number of different ways a big time receiver nike martin uh a pretty good tight end one of the better tight ends in the area zach kellum and noah smith the quarterback who's a game manager who just manages to to not make mistakes and get the ball to the right people that's been the story for them on offense and defense uh you want to talk about krishan springs yeah oh krishan is just an amazing amazing young man uh, who will be playing football on Saturday through the Shrine Bowl selection. Uh, big number six, linebacker. He really uh, is just a – he's a defensive quarterback. He makes sure that things go. But I, I wanted to bring up, Joe, that it's really about a one-two punch. And when I say that, I'm talking about the actual numbers one and two. Mm-hmm. Christian Veal wears number one. He has rushed for 1,635 yards. Nike Martin uh, wears number two, and he has caught. 76 passes for 1,065 yards. Noah, Noah Smith, the quarterback, 
wears number 12, so one and two. There you go again. Has yep. thrown for 2,480 yards, and the young man who wears number 21 is Madison Cohn, and he's the highly coveted defensive back who has seven interceptions on the season. So you look at the number one and two, and it has a lot of significance on this precise ball club. Yeah, you mentioned Madison Cohn, uh, a junior with offers from a lot of major college programs. And the impressive thing to me with him with those seven interceptions is that seven interceptions on not many balls thrown his way. Uh, a no, few of those I know were, were he was almost playing free safety where he read the play so early that he was able to come off his man and come over and make a play on a, on a ball that was not necessarily thrown at him, but you know he's a guy where whoever the opposing quarterback is comes up to the line and sees where he is and tries not to go that way because he is that kind of defensive player. And and let's not forget the lines for East Forsyth on defense, on offense. Those kids have done a great job all season. You don't get to be 14-0 without strong line play, and they've got it on both sides of the ball. Uh, they certainly do, and you win and lose games in the trenches, and you win and lose games special teams, and luckily for East Forsyth, uh, those are two strengths of their ball club. Uh, Nike Martin returning kicks and Christian Beal returning punting kicks. Uh, are, those two are probably uh, one of the more dangerous combos back to return in the area. Uh, if you actually look, all the teams that are remaining have dangerous return men. Yep, special and teams are no a huge factor. And when you look at who's returning kicks for the teams that are remaining in the Greensboro area, uh, these are guys who could break one off at any point. Now, the young men nobody mentions for each precise that is a huge part of their defense is Khalid Martin, the freshman defensive back, has four interceptions. Um, he's got four pass deflections. He's caused two fumbles already this year. He averages 32 yards per interception return. And... On a very important play late in the game against West Forsyth, uh, if you've ever been to Freddie Lewis Stadium at East Forsyth, you know the track sits pretty far back. Uh-huh. Khalid Martin took Jay Sean McMillan, the quarterback, and knocked him back to the track. The young man can hit. He's already 6 feet, 175 pounds. He's a freshman. He's the younger brother of Nike Martin. He will be a highly coveted defensive back when it's all said and done. Yeah, we always seem to end up talking about all, all the great underclassmen around here. Not not to shortchange the seniors, but we've got a pretty good senior class too. But when you look at some of the juniors and, and sophomores and even a freshman, as you mentioned with uh, Khalid Martin, and I'll mention one in a little bit for Northern Guilford, you know, there's just a lot of talent in this area, and there's no sign of, of that flow of talent stopping anytime soon. You know, mentioning. No, there's not. We talk about. And, and honestly, Joe, Joe, this is actually the, the week that. that all those whispers can stop. If the big thing is in four double A, if East Forsyth and Page can meet in the finals, that's two teams from neighboring counties in the triad that would be fighting for the largest classification in the state. All of the Charlotte talk stops if oh, yeah. those two teams make it to the final. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. All the Charlotte people can sit there and talk all they want. But it will it will hold nothing, nothing if those are the two teams representing the state of North Carolina and the largest classification. 
and there's a very, very real possibility of that happening. You know, you mentioned Page. That's the next game we want to talk about. Uh, Page, the number six seed at 12 and two, basically because they lost a regular season game to Dudley in the Metro 4A at number one Apex Middle Creek, a 14 and 0 team. 14, unbeaten teams, nothing new to Page. Two rounds ago. They go to Wake Forest, play a 12-0 Wake Forest team that some people in the state had ranked number one. They win that game 30-21, to and it wasn't that close. The, they pretty much, after the first maybe 10 minutes of that game, the Pirates dominated. So they're not going to be intimidated by an unbeaten team. And that was a, a Wake Forest team that featured one of the top 10 players in the country, consensus in terms of recruiting. Defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence, 6'5", 295 uh, for Wake Forest, as well as a pretty good set of ends to go with him on a three-man front and Page threw 33 passes in that game, no sacks of quarterback Will Jones. That is how well their offensive line is playing. But they also open up the run for Javon Leak, another underclassman, a junior running back, along with their quarterback Will Jones, also a junior. And the fact that Page can come at you in a number of different ways, with the running game, with Leak, as well as Jones on, on zone read plays. He's been very effective with that. And through the air, they've got one of the best groups of receivers in the state. There's no question about that. When you, when you start with DeAndre Overton, who's got Power 5 offers from all over the country, probably going to end up at Clemson or Tennessee, but Clemson still seems to be the leader there. Uh, at 6'4", 6'5", 195, great hands, a basketball player, a tremendous athlete, James Ellis. Miles Faison. Uh, they even put Jeremy Level, a defensive back who, as of now, is headed to Appalachian State at receiver sometimes. You know, that, that group has so many different ways that they can hurt you. Uh, talking to some of the page linemen earlier this week, they said, you know, if teams want to load the box on us, we'll throw. If teams want, want to play nickel, we'll, we'll run it up the gut on them between the tackles all night. They've got confidence. They've got those players. And, you know, that's... I like them to be Middle Creek simply because I think this Page team is that good, and I know you you have similar feelings about the Pirates. Yeah, I, I wanted to say that I'm glad that you wrote an article about the offensive line of Page because uh, those hogs up front, those boys can play. And when you have an underclassman center like Nick Makovic, who is, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Will Harden because Will Harden is probably the anchor of the line. Mm -hmm. But when you have your center, he's the guy who's calling everything out. and He's really uh, the, the leader in terms of making sure assignments are, are held together and, and, and taken care of properly. And for a sophomore to go in there and do what he has done uh, and lead a team to this point to the regional final is just amazing. And that young man is a top college prospect if he can find their way to the state championship because then he'll have some real eyes on him. But this team, you and I said it when we went to some practices during camp, and we looked around and we said, gosh, this, this looks like a college basketball team. Yeah, They're exactly. huge. And, and when you look at a team like this, you, you and I both said that this team had a real shot at a state championship, and people laughed at us. And partly because of their start last season, mm -hmm. partly because it's Greensboro. Right. And people laughed at us. And we said, no, this team is for real. And then they went to East Precise and they lost by one uh, and really showed that they, uh, that they are in the conversation and then go to Wake Forest and beat a team with two four- and five-star defensive linemen. Mm -hmm. And don't just beat them. I mean, beat them to a pulp along the front. Mm -hmm. They 
dominated. And when you have Will Jones, who could strike at any point, and Javon Leak, who's running about as well as any running back in the region, uh, that is a very dangerous team, and they have the size to win. Their only slip-up was against conference foe Dudley, who, in speaking with Simeon Gatling, said to me, you know how cool would it be if two state champions in 4A were from the same conference? I don't know that that's ever happened. Yeah. That would be amazing, and there's a real possibility. Yeah. You know, and and for all the talk about the Page offense, which is understandable considering considering how good they've been, you know, their only real slip up there, as you say, was that Dudley game, which was a 13-7 game going to the fourth quarter, ended up being 35 to seven. But their defense gives up gives up some yardage, but it is a big play defense when you've got. DeAndre Overton back there picking off passes, two pick sixes this year. Jeremy Level, a, a really good defensive back. Uh, they put Ellis back there sometimes. Travars Martin is a very small, dangerous kick returner, but a good cover guy. Micah Gafford, the backup running back, plays back there. I mean, they've got great guys on the back end. They've got Elijah uh, Darasuba on the defensive line, who is an incredibly athletic defensive lineman, spends a lot of his time in the opponent's backfield. Uh, they've got Will Hamrick. They've got Tyler DeBerry, uh, Alan Tisdale. I mean, it is a it is a big play defense. They gamble, as I said. They they'll they'll get upfield and they'll take some chances. But when you've got an offense like they do, they can do that. And when you make the kind of big plays that they do defensively, you can gamble a little bit. And that's where some of that comes from. You sure can. And, and Ty, I'm glad you mentioned Tyler DeBerry's name. Uh, that young man as been phenomenal all year long. The transfer from Chicago, Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, is just a, a disruptor of of calm up front. He is just amazing, and not enough people highlight what he does. And uh, and Coach Kevin Gillespie has been impressed with what uh, with what Tyler's brought to the table. And the crazy thing about that page defense too is a player who early in the season or at the start of the season. Some people thought might be their best defensive player this year. Alex Grant, linebacker, sophomore. He's been out with an injury. He hasn't played. You know, you throw him into that mix, and he'll be back next year. Yes, they're going to lose DeAndre Overton. Yes, they're going to lose Jeremy Level, a few other guys. But uh, this Page team, uh, and and for the five offensive linemen or seniors, but this Page team is probably not going away anytime soon. They're probably going to be back next year, and maybe even beyond that. But again, if, if we've got uh, a page win on Friday night and an East Forsyth win on Friday night. Then at 12:05 uh, Saturday, December 12th, those two teams will be playing for a state championship, and that would indeed be something to watch. That would be played at Carter Finley Stadium over in Raleigh. And uh, as you said, what a great thing for for triad football that would be. Yeah, uh, and I'll be starting a petition on change.org to have that game moved to Winston-Salem to two of them playing each other um, so yes. that we don't all have to drive to Raleigh because you can just count on the cities of Greensboro and Winston-Salem being abandoned for the day until 8 o'clock at night when Dudley comes back to hopefully play uh, at bb and Field. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the next game we want to talk about right on cue. Class 4A West championship game Friday night. Number 3 Charlotte Catholic 14-0. Number 1 Dudley 13-1. Uh, J.P. Mundy, if he, if he gets off the disabled list in time, we'll be covering that game for the news and record. But uh, these are two teams that are, that are quite 
or programs at least that are quite familiar with each other. Two years ago, 2013, on Dudley's way to an unbeaten season and a state championship, Charlotte Catholic came to town in this round with Elijah Hood, the current North Carolina running back, as their, their workhorse. And Dudley wins 20-15 to 15 because on a fourth and three inside the Dudley 10 late in the game, they stop Elijah Hood a yard short, and one of the players who was in on that tackle, uh, Dudley linebacker uh, Osin Rokaku, he's back. He's a senior, so uh, they know each other very well, and one of the advantages that Charlotte Catholic has against a lot of teams, especially in the playoffs, is running a wing T offense that not a lot of people see and not a lot of people are familiar with. Well, not so for Dudley because last week they beat a South Caldwell team that runs the wing T. And to close the regular season, they beat a conference rival, Southeast Guilford, which runs the wing tee. And in those two games, gave up six points in each game, and that's it. So uh, everything, to me, points toward the Dudley defense being able to handle Charlotte Catholic. But Charlotte Catholic didn't get to be 14-0 and 0, you know, for no reason. That is a quality football program, always good. But uh, Dudley looks awfully strong right now. Uh, they certainly do. And who would have thought that that uh, Fritz Hessenthaler's Southeast Dilford Falcons would end up helping the Dudley Panthers in some way, shape, or form. Yep. Uh, but, but in all serious now, seriousness now, uh, this team has seen the wing team more than any team ever would in, in a normal circumstance. And Charlotte Catholic, one of their advantages, uh, and it's very similar to, uh, to Butler down in Charlotte, is that they run an offense that not a lot of people see. Right. Well, Dudley has seen it, and Dudley has stopped it, and Dudley has dominated it so far this season. And Dudley right now, in my book, is at least a 20-point favorite in this ballgame. And I know that people are going to shake their heads and say, whoa, how? What? It's Charlotte Catholic. Well, this Charlotte Catholic team, though, though always disciplined and always strong, is not the same Charlotte Catholic team that came to town two years ago and lost to Dudley. Uh, you do not have Elijah Hood. I don't care how good your running back is, he's not better than Elijah Hood. That is true. And he's not T.J. Logan either. Right. <laughs> he's not T.J. Freeman, and he's not Connell Young, and he's not Christian Beal. So until one of those guys makes a late-season uh, transfer to Charlotte, I don't think that they have enough. I, I do not disagree, especially uh, when you factor in the offense that Dudley has. I don't, I don't want to neglect them. You mentioned Connell Young, uh, well over 2,000 yards now rushing. Approach, approaching, uh, he's in the high 700s in receiving yardage this year. You know, it, it's a possibility you could have a, have a player with 2,500 yards or close to it rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in a season, and that, that's – just about unheard of in in these days of teams being either all mostly run or mostly pass. You know that he could do something like that. And then if teams want to take him away, Hendon Hooker, great quarterback, great arm, runs the ball extremely well. You know th- those guys make make Dudley a double threat on offense. And it doesn't go with it goes well beyond just those two guys. Simeon Gatling, player you mentioned earlier for Dudley, great defensive back. He's also stepped up to be the number two running back because of an injury to Ezra Perkins. And Gatling's been been a hard runner, a factor there. And if they want to give those two guys a rest, they've got a sophomore, Zarek Rush-Foxworth, who they brought up from the JV team after the regular season, and they were very careful about not bringing him up until after the regular season. He's already been a factor in the playoffs with some long touchdown runs, a 6'2", 190-pound sophomore with speed. You know, th- this Dudley team keeps coming at you. Jaden 
Mayner as a wideout and a ball carrier on jet sweeps and end arounds. Brandon Person Boyd as a, as a factor going downfield on pass plays. I mean, there's so much to like about this team. When you look back, you think, how could they have lost a game? Richmond County, 14-12 on a very rainy night back in September where Richmond County scored 14 points early and, and just managed to hang on. And the Dudley players, while they're not happy that they lost that game, a lot of them say that was exactly what they needed. It was the wake-up call. It was the refocusing that that staff needed to get their attention. And, you know, the results speak for themselves. I, I, 20 points, I don't know, might be more than that. I, I definitely don't see Dudley losing to that Charlotte Catholic team. And, you know, Dud, Dudley of the 4A and 4AA teams in the area still might be the best team. We don't know that. We, they scrimmaged East Forsyth at a jamboree. They beat Page, so you've got to give them the edge on Page. But, wow, I mean, to have, to have three teams like we have around here in 4A or 4AA is just some impressive football. That and, uh, I mean, this is this is something that, that sources have told me that Dudley called Mallard Creek for a game, and Mallard Creek didn't want to play that game. So you tell me what that means. I, I don't need to, to elaborate on that, but. Uh, I hope Art Wade is listening. I want a Zarek Rush Foxworth jersey. Um, there you go. So, uh, I mean, the kid is going to be special. 6'2", 190-pound sophomore that has been given time to develop. Everybody's in such a rush to come up to varsity football. Mm-hmm. This young man was given time to develop because Ezra Perkins and Simeon Gatling and Connell Young and Hendon can handle the workload. So this young man was given some time to develop. Uh, he's going to be special. And 6'2", 290 pounds as a sophomore means probably 6'3", 205 pounds as a junior. And uh, that means whatever school you want to go to. Yeah, he, and he can move. I mean, he's not just a power guy. He ha- he has breakaway speed and is definitely going to be a factor down the line. Last game we want to talk about, it's been all 4A so far. We go to 3AA, 3AA East Championship game. And it's it's the three double A playoffs, so we've got to be talking about Northern Guilford uh, this year. A number thirteen seed, uh, seven and four. I mean, sorry, eight and four during the regular season. Now seven and four. Okay, I, I keep having having uh, problems here with my numbers. Seven and four during the regular season. Finished fourth in the mid state three A. They are going to number three Southern Durham, which has an eleven three record. You know that that mid state three A we've talked about before being probably the deepest, if not the best, three A conference in the state. You know when you've got Northern Guilford finishing fourth behind Moorhead, which lost a heartbreaker at Rocky Mount last week, or would be still around in the playoffs in 3A. Eastern Alamance, which is still around in 3A at uh, 14-0. and And Western Alamance, which lost an overtime game in the first round to Moorhead. I mean, that, that is a loaded conference. But to get back to Northern Guilford, you know, they had they had some ups and downs this year. The downs were were pretty down. The worst loss in program history in their opener, 52-14 to at Page, a game, you know, that we saw. You know, I... I wrote them off after that game. You know, I I underestimated uh, the Nighthawks and Johnny Roscoe, their coach, as I have at times before, and uh, have regretted it. And they've had some other downs. I mean, lost to Western Alamance, lost to Eastern Alamance, lost to Moorhead. But here they are in the playoffs, and they are dominating people. And one particular player is a big reason behind that. And I know I know you'd like to talk a little bit about him, Spencer. Yeah, oh my gosh. I mean, T.J. Freeman is finally healthy. And what a difference 
he makes. I mean, this is a young man who now has gone north of 2,000 yards somewhat quietly. I know he had 750 of those yards in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, think about that. He's got 750 yards in the playoffs alone. So uh, he's really coming on strong here now, and he has to. Because uh, with what's going on in South Carolina, where he's verbally committed, he took a visit to Wisconsin, and uh, and another running back just committed there. He's going to take an official visit to Louisville this weekend. Um, he has to run hard because he has to prove to these college coaches that he's still a commodity worth taking. And in my opinion, he has proven that. He is finally 100% healthy, and uh, he's just a joy to watch, a joy to cover. I know that you and I have, have spoken to him many, many times, and really um, – He's one of those kids who reminds us uh, why we do what we do and why we enjoy doing what we do, and uh, and he's been just amazing. And the other guy that's an X factor on and off the field for these Northern Guilford Nighthawks, Tucker Horde, who had hardware put into his leg after he he injured himself at Western Alamance on a rainy field. I believe it was the same week that Dudley lost to Richmond. It was, in fact, and the same night. I was over over in Elon at Western Alamance for that game. Those two games were going on at the same time. Yep, and and Tucker Tucker hurt himself, and uh, Tucker is a hard worker who just made it happen. And all the doctors told him there's no way. Uh, all of the people who could have potentially given him the clearance note were like, oh, I don't know, but... He's going. I mean, I think even Coach Roscoe is surprised that Tucker Hoarder's back right now and, and contributing, and he's happy. Uh, but, I mean, this is a kid who, who really has worked his tail off to get back. And how about Miles Timmons? Uh, this is a quarterback who at one point this season uh, was, was almost relegated to nothing. Yeah. And he took the wake-up call. And he, he really has shown me that, that he is a bulldog. And this is a young man who, with the combination of Freeman and Horde and the rest of what they got, plus, you know, Riverboat Roscoe, yep. <laughs> uh, these kids, they're in position to win a state championship. And uh, at this point, I don't even know why anybody else shows up in 3AA because you're not going to beat them. Yeah, it's. But, oh, but don't worry, JP will pick against them. There you go. But, you know, talking about Northern Guilford, I mean, in a, in a career uh, that has included win, numerous wins, state championships. I don't think there's any question that this, even even if Northern Guilford were not to beat Southern Durham on Friday night, that this is the best coaching job that Johnny Roscoe's ever done, and his staff. He has a great staff. You know, They've had their downs, but they always seem to regroup after it. They make the adjustments. Talking about Miles Timmons, they figured out early early in the year the things that he could do really well for them. He, he does a really nice job on zone read plays when, they, when the defense starts keying on C.J. Freeman. He'll keep it himself. He makes the right reads. He's cut down on the turnovers that he had early in the season. And, you know, they, they figured out what he can do and what he can't do. And they play to his strengths. They don't put him in positions where where he's going to struggle. And that's great coaching. You know, they're, they're playing a, a good Southern Durham team. This is a team that's 11-3, and three, and their three losses are by a combined four points. So it could very easily be a 14-0 and 0 team. But... 
this is Northern Guilford. It's their time of the year. They're playing the way Northern Guilford teams play in the postseason. C.J. Freeman on a roll. I mean, I, as you said, I, I can't pick against them. The championship game, if they should get past them, is going to be a huge challenge simply because you're looking at either a 14-0 right now Boiling Springs Crest team or a 13-1 Concord team. And Boiling Springs Crest is the only team that's beaten Northern in the playoffs in the last five years. That was in the uh, regional final in 2013, so the year that Johnny Roscoe was not the coach when he was retired. So, lots of great storylines there. Oh, tons! And you know, uh, it, it's one of those things where even if they have to play one of those teams, uh, I'd be hard pressed to pick against them because they have proven to you and I this entire season—to you and me, I should say—this uh, entire season. That, uh, that when you pick against them, they make you pay. And uh, I think J.P. Monday owes a lot of people lunch. <laughs> well, like I say, this you know this is their time of year. And one of the things that I want to I want to make sure I mention about this Northern Guilford team is how much the players that they have on that defensive side of the ball have grown up during the course of the season. That was where they were really, really overwhelmed when they played Page early in the year. Starting at that time, five freshmen or sophomores on defense. And those kids have grown up. The one the ones who've you know developed and hung in there, their leading tackler for the season, Christian Bass, freshman linebacker. Their number two tackler, Alan Cranford, sophomore. I mean, you know, to develop those kids against the kind of conference schedule that they play, against a non-conference schedule that includes teams like the the Page team that beat them, that includes a trip to Reedsville. You know, they don't they don't duck people. They play Northwest Guilford. I mean, all of those games that they've played and the way that that staff has developed those youngsters on defense, again, just a great coaching job. And, you know, those are the kind of teams that, that are just fun to watch during the course of the season. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. We thank uh, everyone for joining us, particularly you, Spencer. You've uh, more, filled in more than capably for J.P. Mundy. Well, uh, you know, anytime you need me to pinch it for them, if it's a trade, an official trade, you just let me know. We'll, we'll make sure it goes through waivers. There you go. And, uh, and we'll be all set. There you go. And for you listeners, for all of your high school sports coverage in print, read the news and record daily. For the latest high school sports news online, you can check out our website, hsextra.com. And, uh, Spencer, you want to tell us a little bit about which games you've got this week and uh, where people can find those? Yes, uh, we'll have network coverage of the Mallard Creek East Forsyth matchup in Kernersville. You can catch that on all of our ESPN triad stations, so 1320 in Greensboro. Uh, in High Point, it'll be 104.9 FM or 1230 AM. In Winston-Salem, Forsyth County, uh, you can catch that on AM 600 WSJS, or if you're on the western portion of the county, uh, you can go ahead and dial in 101.3 on FM. You can go to triadsports.com. Uh, you can go to wsjs.com, or you can download the ESPN radio app and search for Triad Sports. There you go. Thanks again for listening to the HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast.